I survey the wondrous cross. on which the Prince of Glory died. My riches gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast save in the death of Christ my God. All of the vain things that charm me most I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? His dying crimson, like a robe, spreads over his body on the tree. Then I am dead to all the globe, and all the globe is dead to me. And I love this verse. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. To Christ, who won for sinner's grace, by bitter grief and anguish sore, be praised from all the ransomed race, forever and forevermore. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's stand, if you can, for the reading of God's holy word as I continue to preach in your hearing when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was disrespected and dishonored by his own family and by his own neighbors where he was raised. Part 5, The Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign, Day 2046, 2046, that is, since January the 20th, 2017, Day 2431, since January the 1st, 2016. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13 verses 53 uh, through 58, the eternal word of God. The Holy Bible reads, And it came to pass, that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, 
insomuch that they were astonished, and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom, and these mighty works? Now, I want you to notice how that Jesus really did not waste time trying to convince these people who he was. Uh, if you notice about, if you notice in the Word of God, God does not try to prove that he exists. Jesus does not try to uh, convince these people uh, that uh, he's the greatest man who ever walked the earth. He took the uh, persecution. He took the slights. He took the disrespect. And, and you need to understand why. When people are called by God and God has a person on a mission uh, and Jesus had the greatest mission of all time, uh, there's a calmness and there's a self-possession uh, type thing going on where you are uh, what they called in the RV world self-contained. Uh, you have a whole lot going on on the inside with God that you're not bothered by what people think, be they family members or friends. You cannot be bothered by that. You will get bogged down by that. Now, Jesus is not being rude. He's not being mean. Uh, but uh, some people might think a, a person who's called by God to do something is being rude or being mean because they don't play the normal games that people play. And so uh, he, he was not bothered by these things. He knew what his mission was. He didn't go around trying to appease the angry family members and family members and friends who were offended in him. He, and he did not waste time trying to explain himself. Now he went to the synagogue and started teaching and preaching. Why? Because that's what preachers do. You understand? I mean, the singers say, the singers, the gospel singers say, praise is what I do. Well, preaching is what I do. I didn't call myself. All God called preachers preach. They don't even think about quitting. They say with Paul, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Uh, and so uh, pre preaching is what preachers do. You don't have to beg a preacher to preach. And he, he does not, he's not in it for the glory or the praise or the money or anything else. He has a divine calling. And God equips him especially for this warfare. Family members turning against him. Uh, friends turning against him. Don't even want to have anything to do with him anymore. Why? Because he's strange. He says strange things. And uh, I met one person who tried to witness to me and my 
cousins down in Apalachicola, Florida. We were, we were on the corner of 12th Street. And uh, he was saved. He was born again, evidently. He, you know, he had a light about him. And he, he tried to witness to us with a great smile. And to this day, I can't remember my cousin's name. He was a, a cousin, a family member or something. And we, we just rejected him out of hand. I mean, we just, we were glad to see him go so we could get back to our smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and partying and so forth. I mean, we, we, we despised this family member. I was lost and on my way to hell. I was thinking about girls all day long, 24-7. And, uh, and, and he was, he was crimping our style, all of us, all of my evil cousins. Uh, every last one of us, he, he, no sir, we didn't want to have anything to do with him. He came one time and he was gone. We never, we, we've never seen him. Uh, I haven't seen him since. I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's dead or alive. <clears throat> but that's how it is. That's what happens. And uh, yes, the devil is behind it, but the flesh is too. But if you if you're God called like that, you cannot you don't waste time trying to explain yourself and appease your family and trying to appease your mama and your sisters and your brothers and your aunties and uncles and mother in laws and everybody else. You don't waste time doing that. You you go on with what God has called you to do. You may have to rebuke them to get them off of you, but you don't uh, uh, you don't have to try to convince them of anything. If you call by God, don't waste your time contending with them and fighting with them. Say what you need to say and move on. Verse 55, is not this the carpenter's son? They were trying to figure him, figure him out. I know him. Isn't he brother so-and-so's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. See, we know we know them all. Now he come from that stock. And his sisters are they not all with us? Some of us we married. Some of them we we married into the family. Whence then hath this man all these things? See, it was not just the teaching and the preaching. It was not just the miracle working. It was the profound wisdom and knowledge and understanding and insight, prestige, fan base, if you will, for he uh, became very popular around this time. He was a rock star back in the day. He was. Uh, what we would call a rock star, a superstar, Jesus Christ superstar. There's nothing wrong with that. Technically, he was a celebrity. He was celebrated. He had that thing from God, that real charisma. And people loved to hear him speak for he spoke with authority and uh, with clarity and with effectiveness. He 
was on this earth, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. So if he wanted to draw a crowd, he could do that. And he didn't even try to draw a crowd, but the crowds came. His name is Jesus Christ. And they were offended in him. They were offended in him. They didn't like what was going on. Some of it was envy. Some of it was family and friend jealousy. And, 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 and because evidently it was so overwhelming, they couldn't do anything about it. He was the talk of the town. Some negative, of course, but maybe, uh, and some positive, but he was the talk of the town. He was on the 6 o'clock news, Jesus Christ, who comes from here, Nazareth, is back in town. He's staying with his mother and his father. And uh, home uh, man, homeboy, if you will, uh, makes good. And, uh, and, and, and that would just irritate uh, everybody who would watch the 6 o'clock news. I don't think his brothers were doing that well with it all. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country. Now, he just experienced this. He was right in the middle of it. He was honored in other places, and uh, people were just uh, crowding all around him, coming home, people questioning him, people doubting him, people don't like him, they're offended in him, even family members and, friend and, and friends and neighbors, and are disrespectful. High school friends, just uh, jealous and envious. And in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And by the grace of God, we're going to deal with that part. See, there are, there are consequences for evil actions, always. Make no mistake about it. There are consequences for evil actions. Pardon me, folks. What was it? What was it saying while I was turning around? Okay, look at it. You need to hit Hackertail. So, was that the reason for that situation? You got it? You got it now? Okay. Okay, go, go, go back to where, you, where the thing was turning around at. 
Ladies and gentlemen, while uh, we're dealing with a technical issue, let's go ahead on and pray. There you go. That's good. Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you tonight for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you tonight for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us as we sung last night. Lord, we have come this far by faith, by your grace. And Lord God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And uh, down through the years, each and every day, every hour of the day, every minute of the day, Lord, I thank you that uh, by your grace I can remember the precious memories that you have bestowed upon me and upon our family down through the years. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, uh, tonight as those of us who are truly saved and born again by your grace, we individually confess our sins tonight, our failures and our faults, disobedience of uh, any kind for Jesus Christ's sake. Please forgive us of our sins, our faults and our failures as we from our hearts by your grace forgive those who have sinned against us. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would crucify our flesh afresh and anew tonight. For those of us who are saved, and Lord, those who are saved, help them to pray with me. And those who are not saved, Lord, I pray that they would believe in you and trust you as Savior and call on your name. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, tonight that you would deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Lord, I thank you for your holy word that says, uh, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you will help those of us who are saved uh, and born again to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I do pray for the salvation of the lost. And Lord, I pray for the salvation 
of my wife even, uh, her mother, my uh, her aunts and family members. I pray for the salvation of my mother and my sisters. We're the last four living. And I do pray uh, in our family. And so, Lord, uh, I believe my dad is in heaven and I believe my brother is in heaven as well. I pray for their salvation, that they will not think, and that my wife will not think, and that my wife's mother will not think that religion and going to church and uh, doing good works from time to time is salvation. Uh, for you have shown me not only about their lives, but thousands of folks who are in the church, religious but lost. I pray that you work a divine miracle, that they will lay aside their religious pride, their Pharisaical pride, their Pharaoh-style pride, and their Jamaican pride, and their Indian pride on my side, and uh, in, in the Chinese side, pride as well, as in my, in my wife. They, they would lay all of that aside, lay their pride aside, and uh, humbly believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I know it's hard for them to admit uh, that they have not been saved, even though they have been religious all of these years, but it's better to make sure that you're saved now than to go to hell thinking you're saved. And so, Holy Father God, I pray this prayer not only for them, uh, in my family, but for all people who are under my, under the sound of my voice, uh, all over the world, and uh, not only live but on demand, and across the country and around the globe. For Lord, this is, uh, as you know, Lord, this is no time for people to play with their soul's salvation. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would save the lost, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving, and for those who are sick, Lord, help them to come to know your Savior and confess their sins and repent and then pray for healing. And Lord, I know uh, from your Holy Word and from experience that you uh, can and will heal. Uh, and Lord, uh, you can do it all by yourself or you can use means. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that tonight you would cast the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my own wife, Marika White, and others in our family who have that problem and others in other people's families who name the name of Christ who have that problem. Lord, uh, you have shown me and I am convinced that there are many people, even in the church, are demon-possessed, demon-controlled. There's no other way to explain what is happening all around us. Just this morning, a man for some reason I don't know why now, at this point, uh, and this happened this morning, burned down some houses, and when the people were running out of the houses, 
uh, he shot them. Four are dead from that. Then somebody at one of my favorite places in the world, Coney Island, New York, uh, started shooting, and I think five people are dead there. And uh, Lord, and other countries are taking note of the uh, wickedness and evil that's going on in America. And we thank you for that, but help the people in America to see it. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would uh, lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our hearts and our minds, our souls, and our spirits. And fill us with your peace that passes all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Lord, I pray that you would deliver all of your saints, and Lord, in my family and outside of my family, from all tribulations and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Once we learn the lessons you want us to learn, and help us, Lord, and deliver us from all distresses and afflictions and satanic attacks. Give us sweet victory uh, tonight over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Lord, grant me uh, supernatural energy, strength, unction, and anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your holy word. And I thank you, Lord, for my son, Daniel Ezekiel, helping me with this uh, series. And uh, I think we have two more uh, messages in this series, and I pray that uh, you would uh, continue to bless and anoint from on high. And Lord, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that uh, you would uh, deliver each and every one of us from spiritual and mental, physical and emotional. Uh, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, and difficulties. Lord, for my family and for all families that name the name of Christ and all of the people as you see fit. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would continue to bless us in the midst of chastisement and rebuke. Uh, and thank you, Lord, for allowing things to be as well as they are, for we know that they could be worse. Thank you for remembering mercy while you are chastising and rebuking your church and punishing uh, people in the world. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you will protect my family and all of the Christian families and all of the uh, people, uh, but especially your people. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And Lord, I do pray that you would fill us all with the power of your Holy Spirit to finish out this day with you on our minds, and our minds stayed on you, and have all that we do to be done for your glory, your praise, and honor, and for the lifting up of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name I do pray. Amen.
Dr. Warren Worsby, who is now home with the Lord, said two things amazed the people of Nazareth about their son uh, of the city, Jesus Christ. Number one, the Lord's words and his works, number two. However, they did not trust in him, and this limited, this limited, this limited his ministry. Years ago, I preached a series almost in every church I went to, not all, um, for revival meetings back in the day. A seven-point message titled, How to Limit God. We limit God by not having faith in God, and Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We limit God when we don't obey God. We limit his blessings. We limit what uh, he wants to do for us. And that's what these people were doing. See, I'm not, I, I never bought into the evan evangelical foolishness that's contrary to how God deals with us. Uh, with my wife or with my children. I never, 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 never blessed uh, evil to this very day. Uh, what I mean by that, I'm not, going, I'm not going to reward you when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, in this case, God, Jesus Christ did not uh, do many mighty works there for them. And that's his hometown. That's his family. Family folk. You know, they expect you to treat them special. You know, we're best buds. You know, we're family. Uh, well, if you're not if, if you're not following Jesus, you don't love Jesus. You're not faithful to Jesus, and you're doing all kinds of weird, ungodly things. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. That's a biblical fact, and a fact in real life. And what we have, what we have seen in the church today, down through the years until God laid the boom down on the church, and it's still on the church, is people trying to put uh, little circles into square holes, man. Okay, so this is why I pray the way I'm praying right now. See, 
about people in my own family and people in the church not saved. The reason why we're in this mess is because that's what we've been doing. We've been doing contrary to the Word of God, trying to fit little round holes into square, uh, little round circles into square holes, and that will never work. Trying to make something be what it is not. And, and I don't know, you're getting into a fantasy land when you do that. It's not real. It does not help the people you're dealing with in your family or in your church or on the job. Because we've bought into some, some wicked, stupid thinking down through the years. And have even attributed to God and, 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 and tried to say that God operates that way. And that's not the case. I, I don't know. The, I don't know uh, what who, you know who you're serving, but you're not serving the God I'm serving. That does not work with Him. This this idea that no matter what you do, no matter uh, whether you believe in the Lord or not, and you're trusting in the Lord or not, good things are going to happen for you. And that's, I mean, from uh, Robert Shuler on down now to Joel Osteen. And I like Joel Osteen. I'm not mad at him. At least he preaches the gospel more than those guys did. He's better than they are. I can assure you that. <laughs> but not much because he, he gives off a false idea of what Christianity is about. It's not all about what he's talking about. You know... It's constantly, you know, everything's going to go your way. And if things, uh, if you run into a snag, <laughs> you just keep on going. Positive mental attitude stuff is not going to get it. Old people love it. Uh, they love having their ears tickled. And, and people are in a constant search for hope. You say, preacher, uh, you don't give people a whole lot of hope. Listen, there's not a whole lot of hope to give you at this time. But Jesus, that's it. Okay, get if you're saved, get your heart right with God. If you're not saved, get saved. I have, I do, I admit, I have a different calling and a different approach than most of these preachers, and they, and most of them are pastors, and they have a different mentality and a different calling, and I give room for that. They, they are going to appear more loving and more caring, but my job is to rebuke them for preaching these candy cane sermons. Because that does not get anybody, it gets us into a mess like we're in today. I mean a businessman, I said a businessman, not a prophet. A Jewish businessman all the way in Israel looks at America and he's asking, is God punishing America? Because it seems to me that God is punishing America more than all other countries, save the coronavirus. He listed multiple things. And he's not mad at America. He's getting rich off of America. He's not mad at America. But he's looking at America and saying, I saw what is going on. He mentioned uh, uh, things that I've mentioned for years. Yet we have people in the church today, so-called church leaders, which is a dumb 
statement when you look at the Bible. There's no such thing. Church ministers, servants, that's what you need to be. And see, you church leaders have got us into trouble with, with your foolishness and your concocting things in your ivory towers that don't mean a hill of beans. And some of you church leaders need to quit, need to resign, because you led the church into the ditch. And now you want to play the game, oh, the church is not in the ditch. The church is wonderful. The church is great. Judas, have you lost your mind? Come on, man. No, no, we're the problem. We're the problem, my dear friends. And this is why God is limited. We limited him with our foolishness, our pushing him to the periphery of our lives, our uh, uh, pushing him, uh, marginalizing him. We used to, quote, acknowledge him in all our ways. We don't do that now. Most of these church leaders, I know for a fact, don't pray. I know for a fact. Don't even try to tell me. I, you, some of you right now, some of you pastors got the remote control in your hand. You're listening to me. You're getting angry at me. And you're trying to get some relief from the game you're watching. And I will say the baseball highlights are doing a far better job than they've ever done in the history of baseball. So I give them that. I, I see why you, you're glued. But back to the point, okay? Uh, you church leaders have led us into the ditch. You need to stop calling yourselves church leaders and call yourselves church ministers because not only have you limited God in, in what he can do. See, see right there, you're getting mad because you have bought into the false philosophy and teaching that God's going to bless you anyhow. It's all grace, grace, super grace, and all this. Grace does not do all of what you're talking about. Grace will save a sinner out of his sin, I said. Out of his sin. You understand, you understand what I'm saying to you? Not in his sin. He's not going to continue. If he's saved by the grace of God, he's not going to continue in the sin. Not, not if he's truly saved. Why? It's not because I said it. It's because God's not going to allow that. Jesus is not going to allow that. This is not anybody trying to uh, uh, be legalistic, as you like to say. If you are truly born again and say, buddy, I don't know what, how God does it. All that he does, I do know that he will chastise your butt. He will. You, you, if you're saved, you go out and try to paint the town red if you want to. He may not, he may not come uh, when you think he's going to come, but he's coming. As the old saints used to say, the will of God grinds slow, but it grinds show. He's going to get you. Huh? You want to go ahead and commit adultery on your wife? Go right ahead. Huh? We had an article this week. I, I know the people didn't like it, but I warned him years ago. Now, see, see, this is the thing, and this is this this uh, Israel Halton is a picture of what's happening to America right now. God blesses you tremendously. See, this is why the Jewish man is asking the question: Is God punishing America? 
And he's asking that in light of the Holy Old Testament scriptures on how God punished Israel, God punished Egypt and other countries. Now, you, God does not play, and so I would encourage you not to play with him. I, I said to Israel Halton five years ago, six years ago, when he did this foolishness, that he'll be better off staying with his wife and working it out. I don't care what happened. And, uh, and I said, but he's going to go off and go marry this little sweet thing. Hey, Israel, I told him this five years ago, six years ago. We all would like to do that. You're not doing anything. We're not impressed because you got a, a sweet little honeydew. Uh-uh. We, we would all like to do that. That's easy to do. And God began to ratchet down on why. Because, see, when God blesses you so much with everything, and then you want to upgrade, out of your marriage because you're sick and tired of it and your children and everything else okay then God will just shut your new wife's womb God does not play man and all of us have stories where God had to ratchet down on us and chastise us and take away our blessings. Why? Because he blessed us so much. We got the big head and started doing evil. And, and, and God started chastising us and rebuking us. And we want to act like it's a trial. Y'all pray for me. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a tribulation. No. Uh, you're going through a disobedience. Okay. And God is dealing with you. God is not going to bless. God is not going to bless sin, man, woman. You hear me? He's not. So all of that garbage that has been done for the past 30, 40 years. God is still chastising people today. Millions have died. Men so-called bishops and pastors and priests having sex with their wife and then going to have sex with a man and give his wife AIDS. And now these homosexuals in the church are giving their wives and their children the monkeypox. Now, I'm not going to say any names on this one, but I want you to check it out. There's a certain homosexual newscaster if I'm not mistaken if my eyes are not deceiving me that boy is is on the news with monkeypox I'm not gonna say any names right now and they're doing a, 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 a they're doing a good uh, rubbing away and makeup job I, I'm telling you that's what I saw the other night, unless my eyes are deceiving me. He shouldn't even be there. But anyway, we limit God, we limit the working of Jesus, we limit the working of the Holy Ghost 
with our evil, disrespectful, bad behavior against the Lord. God is not, the Lord is not going to bless you if you're going against him and you disrespect him and you dishonor him. And, and he's not going to get mad at you. You're not going to receive his blessings either. That was back then, way back in the Old Testament. And that's the way it is today. Nothing has changed with that. I don't know where you got that from. Because it doesn't work that way. And everybody who has sense and who is born again, they know it does not work that way. So we have some lost preachers out there who don't understand that principle. So what caused the people to doubt Jesus Christ, to disrespect him, to dishonor him? Well, I can tell you the devil was behind it. I know that. See, if the real deal shows up, the devil is going to fight it. The devil hates the work of the Lord. The devil hates the work of the Bible, the Word of God. The devil hates the work of the Holy Spirit. My dear friends, they were too familiar with him in a human way. See, and this is, this is one of the reasons why if you are called by God to do a special work and you have a family the first ones who are going to hate you the most and despise you the most and disrespect you the most will be your family members. Not because you've done anything to them, but familiarity breeds contempt. They know, they know you and they know you very well. And uh, they know what you're going to say. They know how you do things. And, and, uh, and when they were with you and supported you, uh, they walked by faith with you and, and did what needed to be done to get the job done. But after a while, by and by, uh, when the family begins to grow out and go out, uh, they will be influenced by devils and demons and false brethren and false sisters and mentors, pastors and pastors' wives and family members who are all full of hell and the devil, some not even saved. And, 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 and they will, you know, they will uh, suck it up. They will soak it up, rather, because they feel like they are feeling some kind of love or something from these people who really don't care for them at all. They just want to use them to get at the prophet uh, and to try to destroy them through them. And uh, so, that I mean, that's what the devil will do. The closest people to you can and will hurt you the most, preacher. And I feel sorry for my, my dear pastor friends but God gives them the grace to come through it. But they hate it. They hate that. They hate being on the outs with family members and friends because of their stand. It hurts them. It hurts them. See, that stuff does not hurt me. 
I use it as gasoline and fuel to keep on preaching the gospel and preaching the word of God. All kinds of satanic uh, persecutions and attacks have come against me. And they, my enemies can tell you, that, well, he's going to, he's going to, he may be late sometime, but he's going to preach the word. There are people in this audience tonight, they knew I was going to be here. Now, they said, Where, where's your preach at? Uh, he's coming. Don't worry about it. He'll be here. He's, you know, he preaches every day. He's kind of probably tired, probably asleep. I did not go to sleep today. I had to deal with some other issues. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, my wife acted like she wanted to say, you just ought to curse God and die. <laughs> but I'm used to that. I'm used to that as well. Uh, for 34 years, on the weekends, she turns into another person. It's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And she is my greatest enemy. My greatest Judas is my own wife. And if she can't stop me, you can rest assured her mother-in-law can't stop me and nobody else. Uh, as long as I'm living, I'm going to preach the gospel and preach the word of God. Uh, because that's what God called me to do. That's what he told me to do. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And so if you're God called, you got to go on anyhow. We used to say that a lot back in the early uh, 80s, late 70s, early 80s. I'm going to praise God anyhow. Uh, the pastor I told you about who used to come and preach chapel services. I can see him in my mind's eye right now while I was at Baptist University of America over to the left. He was up here and I was over here every time. And he ran back one day and uh, the devil had been fighting him and and harassing him and uh, marriage problems and family problems were getting to him and he said one day that God just spoke to his heart to go to Job and and pull out that verse do as thou retain thine integrity and then he read back and not only did he preach this but he wrote a book on this I think I'll go on anyhow I said go ahead Dr. Hancock <laughs> I think I will too <laughs> I think I will too. Now, so let me tell you something about preaching. Now, let me, let me say this to you now. I, I want you to understand. I do not believe people ought to be going to the church building right now for obvious reasons. Coronavirus is killing over 400 people a day in America alone. Thousands around the world. <clears throat> Number two, monkeypox. Especially if you are in an inclusive church, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there for, uh, for anything, for nothing. See? But I would go to church. Every time they have church, I would be there. Online, yeah, you might be coming home from work, you gotta, you know, sit in the car, go park the car and sit in the car and pull your phone out. This technology is absolutely wonderful, okay? Because you need to hear the word. Now, because see, the, listen to me. 
Fellowship is good, but most of you got in trouble through fellowship. Messing around with Bo Peep and Sylvia. See, because you, 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 you bought into this foolishness that you can have sex with the pastor and have sex with the pastor's wife and, and commit homosexuality and swing and everything else and think God's going to bless you. And then you go out and work some little tricks and deals and launder some money through the church and drug money through the church. And yes, there are pastors who launder money, drug money through the church. Yes, they do. And God just does not like it. And you're going to do it, you know, and then going to call that prosperity gospel. And then you're going to teach people how to go into debt and make it look like it's prosperity gospel. And that's not prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel when you don't have any debt. Uh, prosperity is when you don't have any debt. None. Zero. Prosperity is when you go down to the car lot. They don't have to check your credit. They just, what, what's her name? What's his name? Okay, just go in there and get them their car. And take it over there to them. In fact, take three of them so they can choose. That's prosperity. You understand me? Uh, no payments, no payments. That's not prosperity. That's that's debt. That's credit. That's the American way, and you better stop doing that right now. I'm telling everybody, listen to me well. Listen to the prophet. Everything I've said has been right. If you are paying on a doggone car, give Bubba his car back. No more doggone payments, people. Get you a car that you can pay for cash. It will do the same thing. Get you from point A to point B. And so that you can sleep at night and stop trying to get drunk and wash away your fear of things crumbling down. Because things are going to crumble. If you are making payments on your house and you live in a big fine house on Porkchop Hill, and you pay $5,000 a month and you struggle to get that money up. If you're struggling, give that house back to Bubba. Go back to Nebraska and give them the bed that uh, you can use a remote control on that's supposed to make you sleep better, and it doesn't. How many of you got the My Pillow? Because it's supposed to make you sleep better. You know, you knew before you bought it, it was not going to make you sleep better. Nothing makes you sleep better but God and being right with God and not having a whole lot of debt hanging over your head trying to be cute. And in this day and time, things are going to get worse, not better. And, thing, and people get nasty when, when things get worse and they demand their money. And some will say, oh, your life. Anyway... Jesus had grown up in their midst. It was a case of knowing him after the flesh and not having the spiritual discernment that God gives to those who will yield to him. Sometimes it's best for you to just be quiet and see what the man is going to do. And listen to what he says. 
instead of getting and, and you know you know the other thing that happens and no doubt happened here uh, see when you're dealing with people like this it's best to deal with them one on one don't try to deal with them as a group because the devil is in that right there and and when you and when they come to attack you you just go and and sit down somewhere and you pray and you you, you let the ravenous wolves keep on talking and talking and talking until they talk themselves out don't don't engage with them on that don't engage with a group of people cuz they'll try to throw you over the wall like they try to throw Jesus over the wall and Jesus worked a miracle for himself and passed by, the Bible says. I don't know how he did that. But there are people, when it comes down to faith and God and religion and spiritual matters, people will get to the point where they want to kill you. You hear me? Why did they kill Stephen? Why did they stone Stephen when he preached the words of truth and soberness? Huh? I mean, that was one of the greatest sermons ever preached. Was not, he was not even a pastor, a preacher. I mean, he struck the corn that day and preached them into a fury. So much so, they said, get me some stone. Let me, I, I, let me at him. And Paul was right there beside him holding the clothes. See, Paul was a part of the intelligentsia. Paul was uh, a leader. And he doesn't get his hands dirty with that kind of thing. He lets the other people do it. But they preached him. He preached them into a fury into anger and I make people angry myself uh, by the way I preach and the things I say I don't try to do that but people don't want to hear people don't want to hear uh, today they don't want to hear it and so they they think that you ought not to preach it I have family members mad at me because I'm preaching something that is old-fashioned to them, passe to them, that a wife ought to respect and submit to reverence and obey her husband, and that her life would be much better if she would do that and do her job as a wife and mother, and in time to come, she will be rewarded greatly and blessed with her children honoring her and her husband praising her as well. That is undeniable. But they hate it with a passion. People today don't want to hear preaching against the abomination of homosexuality, homosexual marriage. They don't want to hear that. I have family members who don't want me to preach on that not because necessarily they are homosexual or what they call queer 
but they have friends, <clears throat> and their friends, I, their friends come along and say, I, I hate your daddy. I'm telling you right now, I hate your father. And that hurts people that, who's trying to be friends with you. That hurts young people. Why? Because they want to fit in. I heard your father say this the other day about the homosexuals and, and they're twisting, twitching and popping and all that same time. And you ought to tell your father not to do that. You ought to go against your father. Uh, here I am, your friend, trying to be your friend, and, and your father is uh, uh, preaching against us. He, he, he acts like uh, he hates us. No, I don't hate anybody. But I do know that if uh, this country continues to do what they're doing, it's going to be bye-bye. Uh, we're the worst Sodom and Gomorrah in the history of the world. And God, my dear friends, if we don't repent in the church first, in a serious way, God will destroy this country. And he is in the process of doing it. He's doing it as lovingly and as mercifully as he, I mean, as he chooses to do. And I don't see the church repenting. I see, you know what I see the church doing? Doing this gung-ho, happy talk foolishness. Everything is all right. God is not judging us. We're the great America and all this foolishness. It's all, all of that's going down the drain. All of it. Because there are many people in the church who are not only for homosexuality and homosexual marriage, but they're homosexuals themselves and are committing homosexual acts. And that's why the plagues are continuing and will continue to continue. Not only uh, medical plagues or plagues like the coronavirus that uh, impact the body, monkeypox and all of that. Now there's another one called tomato, tomato uh, plague, the tomato plague. Polio is back. Plagues are coming out of the woodwork. Why? Because God causes them. God is the one who is in control. Listen to me, you sweet uh, little inch, uh, what do you call yourselves? Uh, inclusive pastors. God is the one who causes plagues. These are not happenstances, man. Are you crazy? <laughs> no, 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 sir. No, ma'am. These are not happenstances. These are not just things we take, take it, you know, as it comes and all of this foolishness. No. You people kill me with this. This is, an, this is a five-alarm emergency. No, I'll take I'll take that back. A ten alarm emergency. This is very serious, people. And you need to be telling your people to ratchet it down, get go buy food, stop with the payments mess, the American way, foolishness, and deception, uh, such as you own a house but you're paying on it. That's stupid. That 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 that's, that that is stupid as it can be. That's the American way. They, they have deceived you into thinking you own a house. But if you miss two payments, they're over to the house, threatening to take your house. You miss three, bye-bye to house. So therefore, who owns the house? I can't hear you. 
The bank owns the house. You don't own anything. You're renting. You're a glorified renter. And, and, and yes, the bank will keep on loaning you money on the house that they own. Putting you into perpetual debt. That's ridiculous. You better stop. Pastors, you need to start telling people, if you love the people, they need to get into a tiny house, something that they can pay for. Car that is paid for. A place where they can pay their utilities. Because that's going to continue to go up. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I have so much more to say, but I uh, must go and get some rest. Please pray for me and my strength in the Lord. And before uh, I leave you, my dear friends, allow me to ask you this question. If you were to die today, where would you go? Heaven or hell? Heaven is a real place and hell is a real place. What you do here in this life will, determ will determine where you will go. So first of all, dear friends, if you want to understand salvation and how you can be saved from hell into heaven, first understand fully that you are a sinner and that you have done evil in God's sight. So have I, so has the Pope, so has the Dalai Lama, so has even Joel Osteen, as nice as he may be, the pastor of the largest church in America. We all have sinned against God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody born into this world is a sinner because of our sinful nature and because of our sinful choices. Secondly, there is a penalty for sin. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Well, you say, what is sin? Sin is lying. Sin is stealing. Sin is lusting after people and things and coveting people and things and uh, sin is dishonoring, disrespecting, and disobeying your parents. Sin is um, disobeying God, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain. Sin is committing adultery, having sex with somebody you're not married to, fornication, homosexuality is a sin. All of these sins will carry you to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God wants you to understand that the wages of sin is death. That means you're going to die because of your sins. You do not die because of a disease. You die because of your sins. And uh, God wants you to understand, dear friend, that uh, if, let me put it this way, He will allow you 
to die from off of this, if he will allow you to die from off of this beautiful ball called earth that, by the way, is hanging on nothing but his word, because he put it there. Absolutely magnificent, and it's a beautiful place, and you know it. You don't have to travel anywhere to find that out. If he will allow you to die from this beautiful place called earth, and he will because of your sins, because we defile uh, the earth, we defile everything with our sins, and it's not pleasing in God's sight. Uh, but if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ before you die uh, as your Savior, if you do not believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, uh, dear friend, you're going to go to hell. And God will allow you to go to hell if that's your choice. If you want to reject Jesus Christ and continue your jam-jam, boogie-boogie lifestyle, you love darkness more than you love light, then he'll let you go right ahead, but he's going to bring everything into judgment, and uh, you're going to go to hell to spend eternity. And hell is a very real place. Jesus Christ preached on hell more than uh, any prophet or any apostle in the Bible. He preached more on hell than he did about heaven. And so hell is a real place. And when he preached on hell, he was very clear. It is a place of torment. It is a place of continual burning. For he said many times, uh, the fire in hell shall not be quenched. The fires in hell shall not be quenched. The fires of hell shall not be quenched. Now, one thing you know about Jesus Christ is he, he has not lied about anything. <clears throat> he cannot lie because he is the Son of God, and if he is the Son of God, he is God. And he does not play games. No, he's not the kind of person who will play a game like us, and I'm going to tell him this to see how many I can get saved from the hell, I mean, uh, 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 to come over to my side, and then just reveal to everybody later that there was there's no hell. He doesn't do that, as one woman said recently. He does not do that. It's not in him to do something like that. That's, that's a deception. He does not do that. God does not do that, my friend. So understand clearly that if you die without believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is another thing that people don't want to hear, black and white preaching like this, either you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and believe that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, and was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God and start following him and obeying him, you're going to go to hell. And you're gonna, it's, this is a matter of fact. 
And, and God wants you to see it that way. This is not a nebulous situation, my dear friend. It's, it's cut and dry. Okay? Because God is holy. And he has dealt with the unholiness of our lives. And by allowing his son to suffer hell for us. Now, see, and this is what I tell people, and I'm going to tell you. You need to look at the cross real good. And what they did to Jesus, they, 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 they went, uh, I mean, they beat him beyond recognition. He went through hell and went to hell for you and me. Okay? So, um, if you don't accept this free gift of salvation, the matter of the fact is you're going to hell and you're going to spend eternity suffering in hell for your sins because, see, he died for your sins. He didn't die for his own. And now, you need to understand that Jesus is, I mean, God is not going to do all of that for you. And, and you think you're going to go to heaven uh, loving your sin and doing your sin and, and you think you're going to defile heaven. Uh, I have news for you. That's not happening. You're going to pay for your sins in hell. And the Bible says forever and forever. You say, well, preacher, I just don't believe that. Your unbelief does not change the fact. It doesn't matter what you believe. The facts are not going to change. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ before you drop off into hell. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. If you want to be saved, if you want to get saved tonight, believe in your heart. In the Lord Jesus Christ, he was sent by God to suffer, to bleed, and to die on the cross for your sins. He paid for your sin debt. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. And all you have to do is believe in him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul and he will save you. The Bible also says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10:9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dear friend, do that tonight for your own good, for your own soul's sake. Follow me in the sinner's prayer as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. He'll forgive you of your sins and save your soul. Let's pray. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, 
I admit that I am a an evil sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly because of my sinful nature and my sinful choices. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace, Lord, upon my soul, and please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name I do pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart tonight, wherever you are in the world, in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart. I declare to you that by the grace of God and based upon the word of God that you heard tonight, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven to help you to grow in the faith and to be the strong Christian disciple that God wants you to be, please go to gospellightsociety.com and start reading my book free of charge. It is a free download. You can have it in less than five minutes. Uh, the name of the book is What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Uh, this book will give you the next steps of what you ought to do as a Christian to help you to grow in the faith and to have a strong foundation laid in your Christian life. Also, email us and let us know that you got saved tonight and uh, let us know so that we can rejoice with you and send you more materials and start praying for you. If you have a prayer request, send that in and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, if the Lord tarries is coming and we live, I'll see you tomorrow. Make sure you pray without ceasing until uh, next time and even if uh, we don't for some reason meet up together uh, you pray without ceasing anyway uh, 
be uh, instant in prayer. Pray always. Give it to the Lord and uh, keep your mind stayed on the Lord and he will keep you in perfect peace. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for all that you have done here tonight. Bless all of your people who have joined us tonight, even at this hour. And Lord, I pray that you will bless them with a great night of rest and sleep and use them for your glory, your praise and honor. And, and no matter who's trying to hinder them or stop them, help them to keep their eyes on you. In Jesus Christ's name, we do pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time.